The one thing John McCarroll hates is having to interact with other human beings. Oh, I don't like the olds. Uh-huh. Like I have a blanket. You're the- an ageist. You're an avowed ageist. Is this going to come back to bite me in the ass one day? Probably. Some olds are okay. <laughs> You're going to be an old. If they don't act like olds, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> don't drink that yet. We haven't started drinking oh. it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Jump in the gun. This is a sloppy app. Well, we're, let's let's tighten it up. Okay. Um. Let's well, the olds. Yeah, they should all be executed. Um. <laughs> what day is it today? Saturday. Okay. That's cool. Is this our first Saturday episode? The Maybe. Pinot Noir episode was a Saturday episode, and okay. we were grumpy then, too. Oh, wow. We are grumpy Saturday boys. Yeah, and I don't like the weekends. Well, I think the weekends are like, um, they're a promise that is always underwhelming. You Go know on. what I mean? Like when your your parents are like, I bought you a surprise on my work trip. And you're like, oh, goody. I can't <laughs> wait for this surprise. <laughs> Oh, goody. <laughs> and they're like, here, it's a snow globe. And you're like, what makes you think I like sn- I don't have a desk. Like, what? I'm going to put it next to my bed and knock it on the ground when I'm trying to get my water? No, thank you. Did this happen? Look, I have some scars. <laughs> I'm basically treating this podcast as my therapy sessions. I'm sorry. Not me. I'm totally normal, man. <laughs> Gorgeous. I had a long week because I had producers in town. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I personally love it when producers come. Yeah. It's my favorite. There you go. I love to hang out with them and hear I their had, stories. The producer I went around with on Thursday was maybe my favorite work with ever. His name is Igor. I have a friend named Igor. I thought you'd like that. Okay. Um, it was his first time in New York. Okay. And he was like, he's Spanish, but he makes wine in France. Let's... Ties back to our conversation from the last episode. That's a good. That's a good way, though. Yeah, and he he was like, "Kevin, I'm so excited. I got off the plane, and I said I need to eat a hamburger and a hot dog at the that same was time." His goal, and then he was like, "And I got so nervous, I wasn't going to have time to eat a hamburger and a hot dog." And when they told me I had an hour to myself, I ran out in the street and I ate three hot dogs from three different carts. And he had gone to like three cards in a row because he wanted to compare and contrast them. That's really cool. <laughs> it's amazing. And he was like, the first hot dog, it was really good. It was probably the best hot dog. It was very tight. It st- stayed together very well. Second hot dog, it sort of fell apart as you ate it. I didn't like that one as much. And he like went through all three of the hot dogs that he had. Now, has he been kicked street? in the head by a mule? I Is hope that not. part of his winemaking process? Like, Maybe. That sounds like he's a bit deranged. <laughs> no, he wasn't deranged. He just was like a really sweet puppy dog of a winemaker. Is that what people... I told my winemaker about bagels. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, it's a Jew bread. Yeah. They looked at me. He's from Spain, too. He kind of yeah. gave me a look. I'm like, no, it's cool. Yeah, we <laughs> like that here. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We, they're allowed. Um, ate, I, I bought him a hamburger because he got the hot dogs himself. I was like, well, let's split a hamburger. He was like, Kevin, you've just made my whole trip. Okay. That's got easy. The, we got the hamburger, and he was like... Where'd you go? Uh, Cafe Colette. Oh, okay. Williamsburg is one of my accounts as well. And great hamburger. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, "This Kevin, this bread, we have nothing like it in France. I'm like, it's a brioche. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's a French word. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. He's the best. Anyway, it was it was pretty good. It was, it was a good day. I had a, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant. Uh, yeah. We have not. We have a thing called. <laughs> it's a croissant, but we have nothing like your croissants here in America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's insane. Yeah, it was good. It was good. He's a nice guy. His wines are killer. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you talk about him on the pod? I don't know. I have to keep my personal life and my pod life separate sometimes. No, I understand that. There's a lot of secrets I don't tell the that's listeners. True. Yeah. Um, I know where the bodies are buried, though. So, yeah, welcome to Just Normal Guys. It's a yep. podcast about hanging out with your friends yeah. and just talking about Brooklyn life. Yeah, how about this Elon Musk and Grimes? Oh, am I right? Oh, my God. This podcast is going to come out in like three weeks, and that's no one's going to remember Hey, that what that train happens. did you take? Was it the G train? Oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's get serious, huh? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Did you drink enough wine before we drink wine? Yeah. Okay. I feel did you, good. Did you vape enough? CBDs, guys. CBDs are totally legal. Totally legal. It's the water of weed. You know, I, people are going to probably think we're joking that we smoked real weed, but we, like, 
Straight up didn't. I no. would never smoke weed before I do a podcast. No, that'd be insensitive to the, the listeners. The I would just talk ones. about E.T. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scary movie. I want to fight E.T. <laughs> you want to fight him? Yeah, I think it'd be fun like to get in a cage match with E.T. I don't know. He seems like he should be slimy, but he doesn't appear slimy. It seems like he's a bit desiccated. Like, yeah. It, in his natural environment, he'd be a, a slimy boy. A slimy boy, but he's sort of out of fish out of water, if you will. Yeah, he's almost literally a fish out of water. Absolutely. Um, I don't like when he wears that wig. Yeah, that's kind of when I knew what my whole thing was about. When I was what you were like into, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About twelve years, I'm gonna have one of those awkward dreams about this. <laughs> oh man, you're a mess all right welcome to this gorgeous <laughs> it's a podcast about wine um sure is. my name's john everyone calls me duck but you can call me john or duck um that's me or duck john duck john john uh i'm kevin i am the dumb one hello kevin pleasure pleasure to be acquainted with thou uh getting less dumb every day just doing god's work out here god's, god's plan oh personal yeah, jinx dog. Speaking of God, yeah. there's an AA meeting that takes place directly under this room every week. Cool. And um, I wake up every every Saturday to the sound of chanting. Uh huh. As like, is this a Benedictine thing? And then it's like, God, give me the serenity. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, whatever, guys, just have a drink, chill. It's kind of like we are just like rubbing it in their face when we record here. Then. Yeah, I kind of want to do this on the porch and just like throw half-empty bottles down there and be like, well, well you guys can't Sorry, handle guys. it? Sorry, guys. Can you throw that back up here? Yeah. Oh, no. All of my fun fell over. <laughs> um, all right. Well, today's – what's our, what's our um, subject today? I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. Cool, new, hip wine from the United States. Yeah. Um, people say Alt California. Yeah. You know, I'm just 100% not saying that. Alt, they say Alt California? Alt California. That sounds a little too like khaki and tiki torch. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. People say New California. It's like, but this is like New New California because New yeah. California is like Ridge. Yeah, like Ridge or like even, yeah, you're right. Um, or like even Turley sometimes is mentioned in the New California. I, I, you know, What's this? The post, the post New? This is like, um, I was going to make a joke about the Postal Service because you said the syllable post. Yeah. I got to drink some wine. I'm like getting. All right, all right. Let's clink our glasses. Oh, I had a. Sorry. I feel like we need to tune our glasses. Hmm. Mm. Okay, that tastes straight up like um, tomato stock and berries. Yeah, so this is like. It's changed a lot since the last time I had it. Which is earlier today. No, I mean, that's what I mean. It's so weird. Do you want me, so, to, do you want me to decant it? No, I think it'll be okay. okay. I think it'll develop as we drink it. So from uh, Inkanu, I, I think I'm saying that right? Inkanu? It means unknown. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and the this is her, like, La La Lu, which is, like, her really, like, Vindeswaf drinkable stuff. She's, How much is this Vindeswaf? I want to say 25 something like that. Classic Vindeswaf price. Yes, absolutely. Um, she's pretty radical. She's a female winemaker, obviously. She does everything herself. She has, like, a classic, like, natural winemaker story in that, like, she didn't know what she wanted to do. So she, like, toured with bands for five years. And then, like, she went to Europe to learn, like, I don't know, like, apothecary stuff or something. Moved to San Francisco to be a tattoo artist. Went to college to be a neuroscientist and then decided to make wine. Okay, wait, wait. Let's go on that one. What the fuck? (laughs) It's like, she, she just seems like she just follows her whims and her fancy. And, like, it just ended up bringing her here um and she's making some really cool fun stuff uh this is a cab franc that's uh done carbonically um second sip second sip is different yeah it's, it's it's so i was even i was actually drinking this today with one of the reps from mfw who, who um, is over from california and he was saying that like there's a little bit of bottle variation some bottles are going to be a little bit more like savory um and the bottle we had earlier was also presenting more like savory and a little saline mm-hmm. um and this has got some like savory, funky things going on as well. What vintage um, is this? Twenty seventeen? Yeah, dog. Wow, this is a youngo. Yep, this is Fresh a youngling. AF. I mean, call me Anakin. I'm murdering a youngling. Oh shit. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is like in my mind. This is sort of what this should be. You should drink this young, right? 
That's definitely like her her mo is to be like, don't think about it too fucking much. It's tasty. Drink it. It's tasty. I didn't like the first sip. I like it now. Like I'm yeah. going to pound this now. Yeah. This is um, woo. So this is a cab franc. Yes, sir. Did you know I don't like Cab Franc? Have we talked about this? We have, and that's sort of one of the reasons I wanted to bring it, because I actually think Cab Franc, it's not better than Gamay. You said that um, in a text message. I, I got just mad. said it to make you mad. I like to don't troll do, you. Yeah, don't troll me. Cab Franc might be my second favorite grape. Did you mispronounce Syrah? No. Oh, I'm not a... I'd ra- I'm, dude, I'm going to drink Grenache before Syrah any day. All right, we will talk about this later. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, I would drink Cab Franc before that. I think it goes for me, Gamay, Cab Franc, Grenache, and then I'll figure it out after there. Um, I think for me, the thing I, I find difficult about Cabernet Franc, mm-hmm. um, that's what the full name is, Cabernet Francine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cabernet Franklin. <laughs> it's a fucking turtle. Um <laughs> I think my issue with Cabernet Franc, and actually both the Cabernets, Cabernet Sauvignon, or mm-hmm. as we say, um, Cabies mm-hmm. in the wine world, Cabs, um, <laughs> they don't hide what they are very often. Like, I, there's so much varietal talking, yeah, which I don't, I don't mind, but I, for me, I, I find a lot of times you're going to be tasting with Cab Franc, you're going to be tasting vegetal notes, yeah, you'll be tasting, I guess, as I said earlier, tomato, yeah. Like that, um, it's like a green thick pepper, tomato, yeah, yeah, crushed herbs and Cab Sauvignon. Like y- you can always catch those, the pyrazines. You know, I think that's a f- interesting statement you made because I think I almost entirely disagree with you. I, I think mean, what like, I like, like about the wind, it, it's raining. It might rain on my bottle, but that's fine. Oh, it's that's okay. Good. It'll be it's a wet good. bottle. Um, I think I like the fact that Cab Franc is always recognizable as Cab Franc. I think sometimes I think. Certain grapes are boring when they have no identity that they're bringing. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you could have made that wine out of any grape because it just tastes like the process that you use to make it. It doesn't taste like the grape that it is. Okay. I like the fact that it has a personality. And that the personality so you're subtweeting Chardonnay with. right now, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. Actually, I think Chardonnay is like maybe fucking phenomenal. I love. I like. Look, I like Chardonnay too. Okay, good. That's like that is the bare minimum to have a wine podcast. Oh, great. But I just think that Cab Franc is like okay, like it's not afraid to be itself. It's sort of like I always liked the, like there was always that kid in high school that everyone was like, he's weird. Uh, I don't like him, and I was like, you know what? He's not afraid to be himself. I'll be his friend, and it's probably because they were also talking about me that way. Yeah, this sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're talking about us, man. Yeah. But that's why we're friends because uh, you're you're no matter where you put John Duck McCarroll, he's gonna be John Duck McCarroll. Um, I gotta be me. <laughs> I will say I especially dig carbonic cab franc because I think the overlaying of the fruitiness of the carbonic process mm-hmm. with the vegetal notes is very. Um, it's it, it's very it brings me in like it, it interests me. I want to discover the the interplay between it. I've actually I've had a um I've had a couple of good, uh, uh, carved up cab francs. Um, mm-hmm. we'll discuss what that means in about thirty seconds, guys. Sure. Just chill, keep keep your panties on. Um, so um, can I say that? Keep your panties on. Yeah, I I, I sound like a, I sound like a, a, can I a say wait- that my wife sometimes says, um, do you need me to wash any of your panties to me? And I say, I don't wear panties. I wear underwear. But she's like, in her mind, panties just means underwear. So I think you're fine. Have you ever referred to women's underwear as panties? Ugh, not in a way that I'm proud of. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I say underwear. I, yeah. Like, I mean, Not maybe that I've like ever seen a woman's underwear. Undies? I mean, one day. Is undies acceptable? No. <laughs> No. Your mom never said, baby, pick up your undies. I'm not talking about that kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's tomorrow's Mother's Day, oh, by yeah. the way. This is going to come out like two weeks after Mother's Day. Yeah. but this is We're banking an episode. Yeah. I almost said banging an episode. <laughs> we're banging an episode. We're ripping an episode. There's some sexual tension in this episode. We're yeah. talking about panties and banging things. Maybe we should just do that calendar idea I was talking about. <laughs> Um, but wait, what were you saying before you got a great all question? Um, oh, so uh, actually, um, friends of the show, um, Southhold uh, uh, uh-huh. uh, Farm and Cellar, yeah, um, 
back when they were in Long Island, before they got kicked out for partying too hard. Wow. Um, they actually did a, a carved-out Cab Franc as well. Yeah. And it tasted like a marinara sauce in the nicest possible way. It was, like, savory yeah. and, like, oh, manja! It was, like, really fucking wonderful. And yeah. So I do, like, Carbonic Cabernet Franc. When I first... Joined at T. Edwards, one of the wines we sell from Goat Boy is Hurla Berlou from Sebastian David, which That's is like yeah. bomb-ass carbonic mm-hmm. Cab Franc. Um, and that was like a revelation to me where I was like, I hadn't had a lot of Cab Franc, that, like mm-hmm. that Loire-style Cab Franc with like the carbonic on it, where it was just like they had overlaid the fruit and then there was still the vegetal stuff. And it was just super interesting. Like, I, I think that um, the Cabernets, both of them, tend to be quite angular. Yeah. So I think um, I, I, I think uh, carbonic from uh, – uh, carbonic maceration – yeah, correct. Yeah, um, that always kind of gives it a little bit of a, a fuzzy roundness. Yeah. Now it's time for Kevin to explain exactly what it is. <sighs> yeah. So exactly. carbonic. Oh god, damn it! I think I've done this on the podcast before, but it was one of our fake episodes. Okay. Yeah. Essentially, you're going to macerate the grapes. You're going to allow them to ferment in an anaerobic environment, mm-hmm. correct? With zero oxygen. No Jane Fonda. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, no oxygen being allowed in. Uh, by either trapping or piping in CO2 over the top. Um, and this is going to allow um, the fermentation process to happen with no oxidization at all. So the fermentation is just a little bit more fruit-focused and mm-hmm. less oxidized and adding other complex flavors. So it makes it fruitier and fresher. Um, in theory, it creates a wine that can't age as well mm-hmm. um, in, in a wine that you should drink right away, which is why a lot of... Vin de Soif, um, VDF, um, just like table wine, like glue, glue, glug, glug wines uh, will do carbonic because it's meant to be drunk quickly. There's also another reason why they do carbonic. Go on. Which is that it's um, a very classic uh, uh, treatment in the Beaujolais, uh-huh. which is um, I think that a lot of natural winemakers are aping the Gang of Four and are trying to make um, like uh, the, the, the recipe for natural wine is still do what they do in Beaujolais in so many ways. Can I blow your mind? Yeah. It's, it's actually, also Burgundy, yes. No, even more so. What? It's how they used to make wine in Rioja. I've heard this from you on the podcast. Yep. yep. It's the way that they made Riojas to drink back in the day when it was just like, oh, just my buddy next door makes wine and we live in Rioja. Just grab some from his barrel. Like It was just like all carbonic stuff. Well, there's nothing new right. ever. Like, I mean, like, um, I, I doubt that... Like, even if you told me right before you said that thing, yeah. I wouldn't have suggested that the um, that the people in Beaujolais invented carbonic Correct. maceration. Correct. It's been a toolkit for a really long time. Yeah, and it, it does make um, it makes really fun, silly wines. This is 2017; it's drinking great now. Yeah, it probably won't drink great in five years. No. Although five years is not unbelievable for it to be. But I'll, I think I told the story of when I ordered a 2011 Beaujolais Village in Bali mm-hmm. because it was the first time I'd seen a gamay on a wine list in the whole two and a half weeks I was there. And I was, I just missed gamay because it is the best grape. Who was the producer? Uh, B and G. I can never remember what it stands for. It's like a bullshit supermarket brand. Oh, okay. Um, it didn't matter. It was horrible. And it was a 2011. And because like that's seven years later is too long to, to drink like, a cheap Beaujolais that's just meant to be drunk young and quickly. I have a lot of Beaujolais in this house. We should probably drink some of an episode. Like yeah. I, now I th- I'm getting nervous. That I, I think we're drink. dancing around that Beaujolais episode for a lot of reasons. We do have to do a Shirello episode first. Mm, wow. Shirello squad, activate. <laughs> <laughs> that can be the episode. We just yell that at each other. That's We've got at least two hours out of that. Um, so I actually... I, um, to me, this is so, such a uh, – let's kind of just tee off really quickly on new American wine. Yeah. Because, like, this is great. I will say that a lot of times American natural wine tastes so stunningly like, hey, yo, I'm making natural wine here. Yeah. And it um, wears its heart on its sleeve. It's a little dirty bird. Um, it's got this kind of, like, um fuzzy note. It tastes like a Nirvana song. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really – I love. It tastes a little bit more like a Husker Du song, but no, you know well, I have to go know, through the. Okay, okay. Actually, tastes like Pixies, uh, which is what Nirvana was going for. Um, mm, you don't know your history. It's no, they they really like Pixies. Yeah, but I, they like Husker Du better. Um, Husker don't more like it. Wow, wow. I actually don't like Husker Du that much. That's stupid. That's a wrong answer. I also don't like the fall. That's the dumbest thing you've actually ever said to me. I don't know if that can be your. Well, they had like four hundred albums. And yeah, I got and into the- seven of them were great. Yeah, man, I'm not going to find those. <laughs> That's why I like Drake. <laughs> every album's a banger. 
And that's why I like the cure. I just pretend that the 90s never happened. Yeah. Um, that's true. Well, welcome to Discordus as a music podcast. <laughs> By two people who don't know enough about music. Um, or wine, to be true. honest. But like, I, I feel like this tastes like a natural American wine, which I love. Yes. It tastes like a thing I love. I do feel like I taste a lot of this kind of wine. I feel like I've I, I read a bunch of articles today, like ex, ex, explicitly towards this point, and I mm-hmm. think um, actually music is not a bad metaphor to use here, in that because once it hits you, you feel no pain. <laughs> sure, just like wine. <laughs> not only that, but I think I think a lot of of this new new American movement is mm-hmm. reactionary and, yes. and necessary because of. Of what they're fighting against, what they're saying they are not is as important as what they're saying they are. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's been steps this way, and this is maybe the most extreme that American natural wine has gotten. But I think it's important to say, like, you know, these producers aren't lying to anybody. They, she doesn't own any vineyards. No, of course, to no own one vineyards owns any in California vineyards. is is. It's $200,000 an acre. It, it, it's prohibitively expensive to buy land. Yes, sir. So so what they have to do is say, okay, um, maybe I don't know how to play my instruments, but I can figure out three chords and I can write a bunch of punk songs. And if I do it with, um, you know, with vigor and with, um, with emotion and with something to say, then that's all that matters. Exactly. And that's an important point to make. And you can have some really amazing wine come out of that. Um, because what we're saying is I don't need to be a dude who wears a fleece vest and like owns 500 acres of land on the valley floor of Napa and mm. I dictate what wine should taste like from America. Exactly. Just because I bought like I bought it in 1967 when it didn't cost anything. I mean the punk rock aesthetic is so important. Yeah. Um I just want to say, you know, where's a natural wine that tastes like Carly Rae Jepsen? Mm. That's going to be fucking rad. Yeah. And I think I think that there will be a um a contraction in the same way that, like, to be honest, Nirvana was almost um, he had he took a lot of things like Pixies or Husker Du mm-hmm. or even like Black Flag and he sort of shaved the edges and, and yeah. put pop song structure underneath the mess, and that's why they became Nirvana. I think there will be producers and there are producers who are starting to do that who are like really making a vision and having focus. I think some of the like medium young guys um are starting to do that which is exciting um but you know she honestly she she admits that she made her first vintage after studying like she worked with someone for a year and then made her first vintage and was like i learned more by my own mistakes than by going to school or about reading about it and i think there's something to be said for that too that is beautiful i mean and like i like this wine so it's kind of hard like a lot of times i have this conversation when i don't like the wine yeah because, like, if I don't like the wine, I would absolutely be savage. This has a great label. And a lot of times you have wine, like, that tastes like this but bad and has a good label. And you're like, oh, you guys hired a graphic designer before sure. you had a fucking winemaker. Right. And that actually might have happened with these guys. But, again, I like this wine. Yeah. Like, I, I you know, I, I have nothing mad about it other than it reminds me of wines that I don't like sometimes. Sure. Um, and that's some kind of, like, you know, I don't like – um. I me not liking Sting because it reminds me of Bob Marley or something. <laughs> I thought you loved Sting. I do like Sting. I, okay. I, I I was trying for a joke that we're definitely gonna cut that one out. It didn't work. Um, I'll do a fresh take. Yeah. No, yeah, I yeah. won't. I'm Three, two, one, go. Um, it's like saying you don't like Little Wayne because um Ti killed your dad. Got no, it. Got it. That's not good. It's not good. I can't. <laughs> I can't do metaphors. Can you do similes? I don't know the difference. We we've discussed this at length before. <laughs> um, man, I was expecting not to like this wine, to be honest. Yeah, and I'm I'm really digging it as it breathes more. Yeah, it needs a little time to open up, and it's like it's 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 actually more aggressive than you expect. I think a lot of times I find that like I think the wines that you're talking about, and and correct me if if I'm putting words in your mouth, but. I think the 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 wines that are like natural American wines that annoy me are mm-hmm. ones that just like don't have anything to say and just like and just like lay back and say, "Oh, just drink me, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't have a vision. I have no identity." And this isn't that. Mumblecore like, wines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And this is not a mumblecore wine. This no. is it has a point of view and it's aggressive. It's like, no, I'm fucking Cab Franc, but I'm also carbonic, and I'm dirty, but I'm also kind of clean. I really dig this. I think if it was, it is approach. I, I, I was joking a little bit earlier. It is too expensive. 
Um, uh, I, it's American. American wines are always too expensive, unless they're not, but that's very rare. It's it's too expensive unless I'm selling it. Yeah, when in which I'm case, selling it's it. actually a very good value. It's a great value for California. <laughs> I mean, like people are a lot of their his contemporaries are selling it for mm-hmm. fifty, sixty bucks. We're but offering I, it for forty five. I do so again want to talk about. <sighs> that's this, not their fault. No, exactly. This is this is the problem with American wine in general, and, and we could talk about this for three episodes. We could. You look at you look at the natural wine movement in France, and it's really easy to separate the good and the wine bad producers because the the threshold is lower for them to enter into the ring, mm-hmm. and then they'll just jump out when it's when when they're proven to be frauds. Yes, in America, like if you get to this point, you're going to be in because there's so few of you, and the reason there's so few of you doing this is because it's so cost prohibitive to get into the wine game in America. I, yeah, I would like to know where um, where her money came from. I'd like to know where everyone's money comes from when making this, and that's not actually a very polite question to sure. ask. But is it always like? But that, that's not a, that, that is part of the conversation. I was mm-hmm. reading an article today about how like. If you think about the people before this generation, the Steve Mathiasons or um, the Skinners or these people who they made, they were winemakers for bigger wine companies for ten or fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Slowly started their own labels, but would use other people's wineries, would use other people's grapes for ten or fifteen years before finally either buying their own winery or buying their own vineyards, mm-hmm. because it took that long to get enough money that they weren't going to immediately go broke when they started their company. And that's silly. That's insane. When you talk about natural wine producers in France, it'll be like, oh, these, this was a German comp- couple that like found some land for dirt cheap and planted some grapes that took immediately to the land and mm-hmm. made wine that was good right away. Yeah, they made and it didn't cost them any money. They didn't need to age the grapes. Yeah, it's, it's just a different... And, and part of that is the society there drinks more wine. And so there's more of a market for them to sell yeah, it. They drink like podcasters. Yeah. Like us. But I just think that's an important part of the conversation when people say, oh, this wine's too expensive. It's Maybe maybe that is true, but maybe there's no other way here right now. Do you think this wine's going to show mouse later? This is the third bottle I've had of it. Okay. Today. I haven't had mouse. No, not today. I haven't, I haven't seen mouse in it yet. Um I'm only partially susceptible to mouse. I'm pretty sensitive to it. I, I, I caught some this week that made me mad, but um, I'm not seeing any on this. It, it seems like it's going to be good. I will probably have a uh, glass of this later on this evening. Yeah, I think we should move on to the next wine and let this thing breathe and like revisit it later because I think it's going to show a lot. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Let's do this. Yeah. Recording? Yeah. And we're back! <laughs> People was, love it when you do that. That wasn't good. Let's do a clean take. She's a, is an American girl. I do think Tom Petty is a good example of what we're talking about. Tom Petty was the first um, first concert I ever went to. That's pretty cool. Yeah. My uncle was friends with his piano player, Ben Mont. Ben Mont? Benmont. His name is Benmont. Is Benmont his first name? His name is Benmont, and he has a last name. After okay, that. cool. I like that name. It's like, oh, oh, you thought his name was Ben Mont? Mont. Yes, correct. Okay, um, but I was wrong. John Mont is even a gooder name. <laughs> even gooder name. Only because it has John in it, and that's your name. No, like, uh, maybe Jean Mont. Jean Mont, or like Jackathy. Ben Mont being like Ben Mountain. Yes, which is a good name for a mountain. Oh, it should be Mont Ben. Oh, okay, true, true, true. Yeah, um, great conversation. This is a great conversation. <laughs> no, I think Tom Petty. Have you talk about killing yourself. Tom <laughs> Petty did not kill himself. Tom Petty is uh, arguably. Ooh, let's talk about that later. Okay. He okay. So Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yes, the Very Heartbreakers good. were the name of Johnny Thunder's like unknown post. Uh, New York Dolls band that were like really punk, mm-hmm. and Tom Petty was around at the same time, used the same band name, and made more accessible, poppier music, but was still playing around CBGBs, playing around New York at the same time as all the punk stuff was happening, and that's I think what we're talking about—that like cleaner version, or the more like reliable, like poppier version of like what's happening in the zeitgeist—is what we're kind of waiting for this wave to have. We're waiting for this generation's Tom Petty. Well, it's kind of like how like Morrissey. 
is like a cleaner version of like the weird pervert at the bus station, just like <laughs> muttering about being really horny and how he hates Chinese people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like same sort of thing. Same thing. Um, I saw. Uh, I, I recently saw a, a Tom Petty. Um, I saw him doing a, a show, like a, a recording of him on SNL, like yeah, thirty yeah, yeah. years ago. Yep. Because I've always been used to um, old guys don't shut the fuck up about Tom Petty because mm-hmm. like classic rock. Is bad. Yes. And a lot of people, um, a lot of old people get really jazzed about it, and yep. I don't understand. Um, and I saw Tom Petty play a show. I was like, oh, yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, I can see kind of why people were so excited. Then you think about what his net worth was when he died, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's like a country's GDP. <laughs> Capitalism is a lie. How, how old are you now? 31. Yeah, so you're just you're entering your Tom Petty years. Well, my kids are going to be like, oh you're, my God, Adam you're Levine. You're about to love Neil Young. I love Neil Young. Okay, then you're on track. You're doing yeah. great. Yeah. I do a little bit of dad rock. I'm, I've, I'm in a, the midst of a Hall and Oates phase that will okay. not end. Great. I've been in a Hall and Oates phase since I've known you. Yeah. Um, what else is about me that's kind of like dad rocky? Um, I like the Dan. The Dan is the best of the dad rock bands, I think. Yes. And I um, listen to Margaritaville a lot when I'm high. I couldn't get Cheeseburger in Paradise out of my head the other morning. Okay. And I was okay with it. Yeah, it's not a bad song. I just was like, Heinz 57 with French fried potatoes. Big kosher pickle with a cold draft beer. I think that a lot of dad rock's really good. Then you think that... uh, they keep buying the albums even after they're not good anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, um, my my dad will spend like well over like a hundred and fifty American dollars to see an actual um, tottering skeleton swagger their hips. I had got an email from like StubHub that didn't was like, "Did you see Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> I did. You see took somebody. mushrooms. I didn't take mushrooms. Why didn't you take mushrooms? Because of my parents. Go on. <laughs> they." We got a box at Barclays Center to see Jimmy Buffett. What? With Huey Lewis in the news opening. And it was one of the best New Year's of my life. That sounds pretty okay. It was on New Year's Eve. Yeah. It was great. It was so good. I was thinking about how Cheeseburger in Paradise is about... It's the best description of what Jimmy Buffett is. It like encapsulates his entire identity. Because the whole story is like, I'm in paradise, but man, this food sucks. I wish I had a cheeseburger. Yeah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> like, I wish I had the most boring American food possible in paradise. Like, oh, I have it now. Like a decade ago, I was in Costa Rica uh-huh. for a spring break. Yeah. And I was next to, I was in this little shitty hostel. Yeah. There were frogs in my room. Great. And um, my next door neighbor was this Quebecois guy who always wanted me to smoke weed with him, and I didn't do it. Yeah. Much to my chagrin. Yeah. And next door, there was a bar. Yeah. And they played Blondie's Heart of Glass on Ooh. repeat for basically the entire week, it seemed. Hell yeah. It ruled. That's great. That song's so good. Yeah. We should be a music podcast. I agree. We'll just talk about the songs we like. <laughs> What's another song you like? I'll go Sam's Town by The Killers. That um, album's really good, actually. That's a bad album. You're no, wrong. it's actually really no, good. No, it's bad. Can, I've break your brain. heard Meatloaf before. I don't need that. Just break your brain a little bit. Understand that they're not the coolest. And be like, wow. Holy I shit. I like not cool music, but that's just a bad album. Okay. No one cares about our opinion about this. Okay. <laughs> I will say that when I was in, when I was on my honeymoon, my wife was. My wife? My wife was begging, making bets with herself about how long it would take before I would order a cheeseburger. Uh-huh. It only took a couple of days. I am that person who goes to paradise and is like, this ethnic food is delicious, but I could go for a cheeseburger. I haven't had a cheeseburger in... I had a bite of a cheeseburger this spring. Mm -hmm. I haven't ordered a cheeseburger for myself in three or four years. I would say conservatively, two cheeseburgers a week for me. Really? Yeah. Are they that good? I think so. They write songs about them. They write songs about a lot of stuff. <laughs> they write, yeah, heroin. They write songs about sex, and that's sex, not very fun. Cheeseburgers. These are the things that make America great. Again, go on. 
So we're back. We're back. Welcome to Discorgeous. It's a podcast about wine. Um, wine and cheeseburgers. We are actually having um, – this was my sneaking – this is the best wine I had in 2017 that I didn't expect. It's a, it's a big kind of category, but most of the wine I bought in 2017 that was really good, I anticipated being really good. I just grabbed this at Nolita uh, like quite late in the day one day. And went home and drank it and had a glorious time with this wine. I'm really enjoying the nose already, yeah. And I even um, I bought this bottle from Slope Cellars. Um, I had a house guest who I didn't like, so I went to go buy wine and took two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have to go get some wine so we have something to drink. I'll see you later. Is this house guest a listener? I would love for them to be playing that game like, is he talking about me? I wouldn't be surprised if they're listening. I will say that if you're listening and asking, is it me? It's probably not you because this person doesn't have a lot of self-awareness. <laughs> oh, it's like you're so vain, you probably don't think this song is about you. Exactly. You're yeah. so vain, you <laughs> cannot conceive that I don't want to hang out with you. Don't you, don't you, don't you. Please leave my house. <laughs> oh, man. This is the best music podcast I think available. Oh, my fucking God. I love this one. This um, is really tasty. Oh, wait, I should talk about what this wine's called. Um, so this is the Faust Beast. Um their 2016 Super MSG. It's a Mouved, Syrah, Cunoise, and Grenache blend from the Columbia Valley, produced by Fos Piste, um, who've been doing the damn thing for about 10 years now. This spends a couple years um, in very old used oak. Um, it's not, as far as I can tell, grown organically. So this is a real question of what is natural wine. Um, they use a little bit of sulfite. It's grown, I'm sure it's all grown sustainably throughout sites in the Columbia Gorge region, Columbia Valley rather, but I don't know as if um, there's, there's any organic grapes in it. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like the Columbia Valley has a lot of organic people working, but it might not be certified. I, I, I will say that these are the people who would probably say their wine's organic, mm-hmm. and their wines are not said to be organic, and none of the wine stores that I looked at mentioned it was organic. Got it. Um, I imagine a lot of it is cool dude sustainable. Like we only spray like once a year and only we spray when we have to. Like uh, uh you know, uh uh look well, part of the thing is that like it, am I wrong to think it's harder in Oregon than in California to be organic in terms of the things that could hurt your grapes being more prevalent because it's wetter? I want to be a real dick. Yeah. It's really hard to do that in France, too. Mm. And they seem to manage it. I think it depends. The Loire Valley is rainy. Yeah, that's true. Like, um, It is harder than Calif- in Oregon than it is in California. It's very hard in New York State, too. Yeah. But I, I do sort of think that, like, you don't get to be like, oh, it's pretty hard to do organic here. Yeah. Like, people do organic. Like, yeah, okay, it's hard, but fucking do the work. It's not you easy. chose to make wine here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this, these guys are clearly trying to identify themselves as a natural wine. It's um, no added yeast, um, nothing added but sulfites. But they do spray, which might fuck up the yeast microsystem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to. Really... Some we had some knowledge dropped on us about yeasts on yeah. the um, on the DMs. Friend of the pods um, yeah. slid into our DMs. Um, and... Kind of like o- opened my eye. I hadn't really heard anyone talk about yeast in that way, but. But he was saying basically that sometimes the indigenous yeasts are actually stronger, or even not even the indigenous yeasts, but like random yeasts from nowhere will be stronger than like a cultivated yeast that you're trying to introduce. Yeah. A lot of times, because they're wild, the same way a feral dog would tear apart a domesticated dog, Mm -hmm. that these yeasts are just like, get the fuck out of here. This is my town now, and just like take over. Um, which I hadn't really heard of anyone talking about that before. It was sort of eye-opening. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and luckily, we don't have to arbitrate what natural wine is. I have no fucking dogs in this fight. Natural yeah. wine is an attitude. Um, I think everyone should be growing organic. Um, and I, I imagine these guys are striving for it. And um, I don't have to make any fucking excuses. I love this wine. It's like, really, really satisfying. Unabashedly love this wine. Um, it's their Super MSG. I don't know if I mentioned the name you of did, it. Yeah, which is good. There is a ton of umami in this. I, I was thinking the exact same thing, like olive tapenade, mm-hmm. like uh, umami mushroomy things, um, but not sacrificing any of the fruit that you'd expect from like a Rhone blend like this. Exactly. It's um, it's a deeply sexy wine. Yeah. Um, and like I had a bottle of it, and then um, I, when I was at the store, um, trying to avoid coming home, this was one of the ones that spoke to me. Um, it was like, I want this in my house. I will write it off for the pod. I'm sure we'll drink it. I've been trying to get you to drink it with me for a while. And today, finally, we got to yeah, drink it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I like this wine a lot. 
Um, I don't have a lot to say other than, like, I really like... Actually, I have a lot to say about it. Um, these guys are... They have such great labels. Um, I've not tried any of their other wines, which is something I'd really like to do. Mm-hmm. And it also, like, if someone knows them, tell them we love their wines. Um, maybe they can be on the pod sometime. Like, I... I unabashedly, this was the best wine I didn't expect last year. It has a really beautiful, um, I guess... Tension? I never know if I'm using the word tension right, but it's kind of like a positive tension, like eating glass. Well, <laughs> for me, it's like oh, there's like the aspects that are positive in it are fighting for attention with mm-hmm. me. I'm like, oh, the mouthfeel is fun. Ooh, the nose is really exciting. Ooh, the acidity is great. Ooh, the texture is fun. I feel like I'm bouncing around four or five different things I like about it. Always, mm-hmm. it's keeping. My mind moving, my palate moving. Well, I guess that's sometimes what I mean by tension. I don't know if I'm using that historically correctly, but it's just like there's a pull in a lot of directions because a lot of things are really exciting and fun. If the first bottle of wine we had was Three Imaginary Boys, mm-hmm. this is pornography. I don't get the reference. Oh, those are Cure albums. Ah, got it, got it. Imaginary yes, Boys yes, yes. is like the post-punk jangly um, Cure, and this and pornography is like lush, like. A lot of chimes, um, yeah. operatic cure. But so, what's disintegration then? It's I think the not as good as pornography, but still pretty good. Oh, disintegration is the best album ever. As long as you say blood flowers, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cut this. <laughs> Actually, wait, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me might be my favorite cure album. That's too long. There's too many songs in that album. And honestly, I'm not a he- I, for me. Disintegration was the first Cure album where I was like, "Oh, I get this." But I also my marriage had just fallen apart, so maybe that has something to do with it. Um, first I, marriage, my second marriage is strong as ever. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got into the Cure um, because uh, I was going to a girl's birthday party. It was Rhiannon, and I was like, "Wait, like the yeah. Fleetwood Mac song?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's badass." I was like, "Wow." I don't think I have a girlfriend right now. I think I broke up with my girlfriend. I didn't, but I, I wasn't oh, sure. I was like, I'm gonna make dog. her. I'm gonna make her a little uh, mix CD. I put "Boys Don't Cry" on it four times. I thought it was really funny, <laughs> and I gave it to her, and we never talked about it. Oh, and no. um, but from that, I got really into the Cure. Um, hey, what's up? If you're out there, uh, if you want to get a cup of coffee or something, talk about <laughs> how we feel about each other. That's cool. If anyone um, knows her and listens, please don't tell her I said this. Making mixed CDs for girls is probably the most um, unacceptably proud I was of myself. Oh, I yeah. I always felt like I had accomplished an amazing, impossible task. Like, she's going to know exactly what the world is like and how we fit into it. And when I look back, I was like, oh, cool. Um, you were into, like, The Who that week, <laughs> and you put Baba O'Reilly on it. <laughs> I mean, I remember, oh, God. You mean Teenage Wasteland? <laughs> um, I made a, a mix CD for, um, we, should, we, have to, we have to say everyone's names we made mix CDs for, I think, if we're going to start talking about actual ones. I think um, I would like to protect the innocent. Uh, I made a mix CD for Andrea Gunning. Um, and I remember I put a bunch of, I put a, a cover of Way to See My Dick. Called, Whoa. You know that song, like, where do you see my dick? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the Little John, the East Side Boys, like, um, boom, 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 where do you see my dick, be quiet. <laughs> you know that song? I've never heard that song before. You know before. this song. Well, I'm three song. years older than you. I don't think, I think I was out of the realm of listening to that song. Well, I put a Joel Santana okay. cover of the song called, where do you see my clip? Oh, which wow. is like about shooting people, and I was like, "Nice." She's gonna now get she him knows a badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's weird. It's weird. I was like, "Yeah, keep in touch." I don't know why. Um, where were we? I don't know. Do you know the percentages of the grapes on this? Yeah, it's on the back, so oh. I don't know them, but they're here. Great. Thirty-four um, percent uh, Mouvedre, twenty-two percent Syrah. 24% Cunoise and 20% Grenache. I would have guessed that Grenache was more than that. You like Grenache. I do. I do. Um, the Cunoise I, is the interesting part to me because yeah. I don't know what Cunoise does. I don't know that I've ever had 100% Cunoise before. Um, Cunoise or Cunoisant? Who knows? Um, but this has a Grenache purpley grippy thing to yes, me. Yes, it does. And the fact that it's only 20% Grenache is super surprising. 
Um, but maybe just the way that like the Sarah and the Mouvette are behaving in this way is Grenache too. It's um, it's really interesting the the texture of this wine versus the first one was much more fuzzy, mm-hmm. um, and this one's um, this is going to sound like bullshit, but like you know like um, like a like a panther how they have very short hair. <laughs> I've never pet a panther. Well, okay, but you can imagine a panther. <laughs> Is it shorter than like a tiger? It feels like short, velvety hair like over a buzz cut? over long, lean bones. Like a buzz cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's like this is what this tastes like to me. That makes sense to it's me. It's like a panther. It's like prickly more than fuzzy. I got one more mixed CD confession to make, and then right. I'm done. Here's what I used to do: I used to find albums that I was pretty sure I liked based off of Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. I would take the first song, just throw that on my mix CD. Yeah. Because the first song's almost always the best, unless the third song's the best. I always felt like the third song was often the best on albums I really liked. Mm-hmm. First song was often the best on albums I didn't like, but the song was good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and if they get, like, I don't know what's the best song on this, I'll just put it on, I'd listen to the first 10 seconds, the last 10 seconds. I'm like, <laughs> Here we now go. Now she knows I'm hip. Yeah. Now she knows I get it. Yeah. Um, like, oh, yeah, yeah. You really like Hot Chip. Do I? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool, you know, being a stud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in Oregon. There's some like cool people making wine there, mm-hmm. some younger people making wine there. Um I, I wonder if it's easier or harder than making cool wine in California. I I um actually just uh, had a really great um like a training with a, a winemaker from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to blow up um, his spot. I don't want to like um, pitch the wine I work with, but um, Morgan Long, um, the guy's name is Seth. Uh, he makes... Uh, no one who would listen to this fucking podcast can afford it, so it's fine. He makes some of the best wine I've ever had from America. <laughs> like I, I feel I, like the Oregon producer I love is the same thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's very, very expensive, and it's the best wine I've ever had. Well, these had. are actually very different, because I've had yours. Yours yep. is Hayu. Uh, Hayu, yeah. yeah. Um, Morgan Long... Um, is his wines are just like stunningly like uh, very Burgundian, very mm-hmm. clean, very crisp. Yeah. And Hayu is again the like, kind of fuzzy and wild, but also perfect. Um, and I haven't had too many bad wines from Oregon, but also because I don't really think about Oregon until someone's like, "Here, have this." Yeah. Whereas California is omnipresent. I feel like it's almost like what you were talking about. Um, was it Alsace? Where like no one bothers to import bad wine from mm-hmm. Alsace. No one brings you a bottle of Oregon wine unless it's, like, dope as hell. There must be some, like, bad Oregon Pinot. Sure. No, there definitely is. And there's a lot of those, like, um, original, like, Willamette, Oregon bullshit wines that aren't actually that good Mm -hmm. that people were going crazy about 20 years ago. But those aren't – no one's buying those now. Like, they're going to buy bullshit Sonoma Pinot or something if they're going for that. The people who are like, oh, I brought you a a bottle of wine from Oregon because it, like, kind of blew my socks off – that shit's probably really dope. I feel like it's probably. I feel like Oregon also probably has a really good. Um, oh, I have a friend who's a winemaker in Oregon. Um, Julio, do you listen? Um, hit me up. He's a tuba player and a winemaker. Oh, weird. He just texted you back. Whoa, Julio. <laughs> um, we should go hang out down by the schoolyard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait. What was I saying? Oh, I got drunk. Um, right now. I just realized it. <laughs> um, I the kale salad didn't work. <laughs> Um, I feel like uh, that uh, the cities in or- like Portland is a great place to probably sell thirty dollar cool kid wine, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like San Francisco maybe used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Los Angeles is not. Los Angeles, the wine scene in L.A. Um, uh, in the brief time I spent there, made me very sad. I've actually heard good things about L.A. recently, but I haven't been there in three or four years. So I don't know. I went there and I was like really jazzed. I went to a bunch of really great restaurants, mm-hmm. and I got. Two glasses of wine that were mouse as fuck, mm. and like they were like, you know, like, you're, like if you're a starter restaurant in, in uh, Williamsburg, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I've got some some cool wines. It was like that. Yeah, they were all like, yeah, we've seen these on blogs or something, right? But there wasn't much spirit or idea of them. I feel like the so the other article I wrote today, um, which you was, wrote, I read. You wrote an article today? <sighs> Rewind and redo. Okay. Uh, the other article I read today, um, also by John... Is it John Bonney? John Bonney, I Bonnet? thought. John Bon. Jean, uh, Jean Bon. The San Francisco Chronicle wine writer uh, who wrote like the New California like 10 years hey, ago. if you're listening, come on, come on the podcast. I'd love for him to be on the podcast. I really love his writing. He lives somewhat near me. I, he, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
He's actually in Spain right now with one of my managers. He's also a, a phenomenally good-looking and funny guy. And a great writer. Like, I, I actually, every time, I find that there's a lot of shitty wine writing. Mm-hmm. And when I read his, when I read an article, I'm like, oh, this is actually good. I'm like, oh, no wonder. It's I, him. I would kiss him if he came on the podcast. I would hold his hand. We I, could do, what if wow. we held his hand, I kissed him. Yeah. And we took a photo, and then we did <laughs> a beefcake calendar for our podcast. Yeah. Um, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Um, this article was sort of talking about how I think I touched on this earlier on, on like the natural wine scene having to contract at some point. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about these new, new, new American producers and how there's a lot of good stuff being made, um, like Scribe and Lo-Fi. Yeah, and, definitely. Lo-Fi is great. Lo-Fi is amazing, and 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 these ones that we drink today. Um, and there's also a lot of like. Mm. Mm-hmm. you're natural but you're not actually good and that's okay but that a lot of these wine lists in in places like la and chicago and here in new york are now starting to realize that like i can i can cut i can tack back towards the center a little bit exactly where i could have the good outlier like outsider weirdo wine wines that are mm-hmm. still not flawed and then i can have some of the more mainstream wines that are tacking towards organic and towards natural mm-hmm. but are still solid traditional made wines and that like lists are now starting to correct a little bit well yeah um i i um i work with some producers who make a really good sonoma coast pinot mm-hmm. that you don't need to know it's cool yeah it just is yeah um and like i think that's where it's going to be going um and not to say there isn't room for like weirdo wine because I actually quite like weirdo wines, Hell but yeah. um, I think like um, abrasive for abrasive sake wines perhaps will be. Um, ever since Buzzfeed did that, a, a primer for orange wines, I've yeah. assumed that it's over all of the the. the I don't know though, man. I was at a I was at a wine and and a wine shop in Chelsea last night that I wouldn't have expected this at, but while I was there, three people walked in and asked if they had orange wine. Really, I do think it's something that people are now aware of, and I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that like. Really well made, solid orange wine should be something that everyone is drinking, and I think, but I think it, there's a lot of really weird and like a lot of bad made mm-hmm. orange wine, a lot of orange wine made for orange wine's sake. But the good stuff is really good, and I'm excited for more people to drink it. So, um, Ian Brand, the producer I work with, um, I actually asked him why he doesn't make an orange wine. Yeah, and he's like such a good winemaker. Yeah. Um, he makes really cool stuff, um, and like he seems to kind of straddle the gap of like being on the cool kid side, but also like working normally. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, hey, why don't you make an orange wine? He's like, well, I don't want to make a bad wine for three years until I figure out how to do it. Right. And like, they, no, they don't have vineyards, so they can't fucking experiment. Yeah. And they also have families and like... They want to put food on the table. Like the, all the California winemakers I work with, it's their fucking job yeah. in a way that like, you know, when like the winemakers who are from uh, different countries come over... I love them in different ways, but like you guys own your fucking land. Yeah. If it this this doesn't work out, you can do something else. Yeah. But like if you're like a you've been making wine for twenty years, you make three bad vintages. Yeah. You're fucked. You what do you do? You start a podcast? <laughs> There's lots of money in it. Yeah, a lot of money in no, podcasting. I actually asked the same thing to Brendan Tracy, who's in France. I was like, It's funny that you don't make an orange wine because he seems like a guy who would make orange mm-hmm. wine. And he told me that he made an orange wine. Um he thought it was bad. And he was like, oh, this is this orange wine is hiding all the acidity in these grapes. So for the next two years, he made it like a minimal skin contact white. Mm-hmm. It was a lot better. And then he opened one of the bottles of the orange wine he had made three years later, and it suddenly tasted good. And he realized, oh, I can go back to making orange wine. I just have to sit on it for three years. Well, People in France can do that. Mm-hmm. People in California can't make an orange wine and then wait four years to sell it because well, they'll be dead by then. Time is one of the other great factors in making wines. Like yeah. it's land, it's winemaker skill, and time's there. And I feel like so much of New California is shut out. They don't have access to time. Yeah, like, that's true. Um, you know, um, I there's a lot of producers out there who make a lot of fucking rosé because they have to make they have to make money immediately. Yep. Absolutely. And they're like, I love rosé. Yeah. And we talk about rosé. Like, they make great wine, but also like you know they want to make wine that's going to be lasting for ten years, but they don't have the time to age it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I feel like we sh- this is a conversation we should keep having. Yeah. But I also want to loop back to I fucking love this. The wine? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like I'm like um do you like it? I don't, maybe not as much as me, but do you like it? I love it. Yeah. Actually, I, I I think it's 
it's fun in juxtaposition with the first one because it's a little bit deeper, darker, richer. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe a slightly bit more serious. A slightly bit. It's not super serious. It's not like um, this is not um the kind of wine you you pour for a grown up. Uh -uh. I don't like grown ups though. I don't like grown. I told you I met an old and it flipped me out. (laughs) I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I have so many gray hairs. Oh my chest is covered in gray hairs now is that sexy yeah kind of cool here's gonna get even sexier pubes gray i can't see him okay my belly hangs in the way i'm just um, kidding i can see them i there's I, some grays i i i found a gray pube a while yeah. ago and i uh lost my shit yeah i was like oh you know, you know who found one of my gray pubes who your mom <laughs> bullshit i'm gonna cut that <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really good <laughs> Oh, we did I'm a, losing we did a it. drunk again. Yeah, I was feeling so bad until I got drunk. Um, the gray pube thing really did kick me in my ass. I was like, yeah. oh. I like being gray all over. I don't. I don't have much. Now, I know this is going to spoil the fantasy for a lot of our listeners. Uh-huh. I don't have that much body hair. Oh, wow. I'm like kind of sleek. I have enough for both of us. Yeah. I'm a I bear. Think, you're an otter. Uh, you're a bear. I'm a gecko. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and so, like, yeah. Uh, we're going to cut all this body hair chat, yeah, right? of course. Um, we'll do a body hair standalone episode. I'm developing some chest hair. Mm, um, I'm how going, many? Not many, and I'm going actually to the beach with my company soon yeah. in Spain. We're doing a big trip, and everyone's older than me, and they're all like, they don't have self-confidence issues. They don't have brain disorders. They're all cool, <laughs> and I think they're all going to have more chest hair than me. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill myself in Spain. <laughs> That'll show them. Yeah. They're going to make fun of me. Where for, do you get off? For being a bare-chested little idiot. And I'm going to detonate my vest. Yeah. This is a... Uh... Discourses first. We're going to revisit the first wine because we actually have some left. This is weird. Um, we have actually, not. We, we rarely do two reds. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. We're, if it was a white wine, we would have chugged it. Mm-hmm. We're coming back to the Lalu. 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 I said that into my wine glass like mm-hmm. Jesse. It's really developed a lot of like savory, meaty notes that are really fun for me. I, I, you know what I think it is? I've been trying to chase it down. I started with barbecue pork. Then I went to chicken noodle soup. Then I jumped to minestrone. But I actually think I know what it is. Chef Boyardee ravioli. In know, a good way. In a really good way. I think it is. It's tomato. and oh. I think it's the, the edge of a Munster cheese. Oh, like the rind? Mm-hmm. But it's not really rind because like, I'm thinking of like supermarket Munster cheese, uh-huh. which is one of my favorite cheeses. It's like the orange crisscrossy like yes. edges. Oh hell yeah, hell fucking yeah. Give you a little bit more just to get back in it. I like this one a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, it's kind of growing on me. Um, I feel like um, maybe this is a segment we should do more where we leave a sip and we come back to it. Yeah. Um, because this this wine <laughs> wine tasting is a fiction. Yeah. Um, drinking wine. What is happening? The electricity. Your light is. I think there's a ghost. Ghost. <laughs> um, I think wine tasting is a fiction. I think that um, you don't know wine until you've had several bottles, and like that's not and me as an alcoholic talking. That's not a, only that, but also just like tasted it at different points in the day, at different points in its life of being open. Yeah. The, I actually really believe in wine, which is so stupid. Yeah. But I like, think I don't believe in many things. Like, I believe that wine shows good at some times and shows poorly at other times because yeah. it's not – it's a living thing, and it, it, it transforms. I don't believe in Beatles, but I do believe in me. Oh, nice. Say, say, that, say that like a Beatle, though. Oh, uh, I don't believe in Beatles, but I do believe in me. Crikey! I don't believe in Beatles. <laughs> they don't say crikey. They're not – They're Australian, right? Yeah. They're an Australian band, like the Wiggles. <laughs> yeah, I think this is – Something we should do more often is just like revisit the glass. One last sip. That's what we can call it. Hashtag one, one last, last sip. sip. I said this is 
probably the last time we're going to want to drink red wine in this podcast. It's we're about to dive deep into rosé season. So remember how we did a rosé episode? We're going to do rosé every episode for a while. Sorry. We should also do a beer episode. Yeah, that might be nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do a shot now. That shot we in the this. dark. Let's do it. The mixtape conversation got re. Oh, I'm standing up. Oh no, we did this once. It didn't work. It's gonna be me. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be May. It's gonna be my. Um, you're gonna fucking blind me on white wine again. This is bullshit. It's true. This is the only wine I had in my refrigerator. It better be Sauvignon Blanc or I quit. Um, we'll see. It's it is Sauvignon Blanc. Let's do a shot. Okay. So this is um rum that my neighbors. Is this a little tiny cup. Yes. Okay. My neighbors brought me this rum. It's Don Papa. Don Papa, which is like a, such a good name. It's from the Philippines or something. Um, that they brought. It's an aged rum. It smells like vanilla. It's really good. It doesn't smell like vanilla. Oh, that's a delight. Oh, an orange peel. Yeah. It's like a vanilla orange slice. I would drink a glass of that rum. Let's do it again. <laughs> do it I don't sh- think it took. <laughs> um, Try one more time, doctor. Don Papa does remind me... Um, no, I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about my favorite saint. We'll do this a different episode. Oh man, I'm just going to hide. You're going to leave us dangling on I'm favorite. Leave you saint? guys dangling. I lived near a saint called Gulbaba in Turkey. It was a, um, which means rose daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he lived right by. Um, his body was buried right by the Domino's Pizza and the Toyota dealership <laughs> on my street in Istanbul. I used to go there and just like keep track of who would visit. He was like just some fucking Sufi ass saint. Yeah, but his name was like really generic. Yeah, it's like Holy Bill. <laughs> um, That's what I say when I'm very surprised. And there's apparently like <laughs> Holy Bill. There's like a lot of saints buried in Turkey, and Gul Baba is not one of the ones they ever think about. Yeah, um, but I used uh, I I'd look at his um, his tomb on Google Maps every other week. I don't know where you get all this free time. <laughs> I don't. It's, a, it's a quickly. Oh, he's still there, my dude. So we're tasting a, bl- a wine. Mm, Sauvignon Blanc. It's gonna be me. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a slight pea scent. That's right. You're drinking pea, Kevin. Out of Nailed my it. out of my wiener, which is of course what all of our fans are waiting for. I really despise blinding white wine. It, it always drives me mad. I'm really sorry. Um, I I do it to you all the time, too. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not looking for apologies. I don't want to say anything about this because yeah. I don't want to fuck it up. Right. But there's something to be said. There's, there's things we can talk about. <sighs> that makes it worse. Now I'm thinking too much. Don't think too much. Just taste it. I still taste the vanilla and the orange from the rum. That was really nice rum. I wish this was rum, honestly. Is it rum? It's not rum. Damn you want, it. Do you want to have a daiquiri after you finish this? Yeah, of course I do. Let's have a daiquiri. Fuck this stupid wine bullshit. It's, it's Saturday night. A couple of boys having daiquiris. Saturday night's all right for daiquiris. So what's the use of making a pass? <laughs> um, there's it, This is um, this, this acid, this structure... Uh, or minerality, I should You're say. You're going to guess it in one, and I got it. What? You're going to guess it in one, and I love you, man. You got it. Yeah, I... I'm not playing a brain game. It's Shannon. Final answer? Yeah. No. Fuck. You want to guess a region, though? I think there's limestone. Okay. That narrows it down. <laughs> Is it Loire? My dude. What? You're very wrong. Wow. This is Central Coast, California. No. This is a Chardonnay 2017 Scar of the Sea. Um, <gasps> my dude Mikey makes some no. fucking rad wine. Shit, this shard rips Rad dick. wine. This shard is drinking like a Shannon. Yeah, I love it's this wine. It's all acid and fucking minerality. I love this wine. Um, a lot of people tasted it with me yesterday, and not all of them bought it, and they are idiots. This is <laughs> great wine. Yeah, this is this is a fuck. Wow, cool. Yeah, um, it's really good. Thank you. That's what we're tasting today. Um, he makes cider too, right? He makes actually really good cider. Yeah. Um, I hate West Coast cider. Mm-hmm. 
and I hate hop cider. Yep. And he does a hopped cider from California. That you actually like? That I like. Yeah. Um, he's great. Cool. Um, and this wine's great. I'm glad you liked it. Um, it, it, it does not. It, it's 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 wearing a Shannon mask to me, and maybe it's the rum, but just like that that minerality and acidity really made me. I think, think it it's was... true to form. I think that the um the rum did pump up the flavor vo- okay. zones, but yeah. um, I, this is nothing but a Chardonnay. Yeah, but a quite nice one. Cool. Um, when your 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 palate's not fucked. Sweet. Um. So. <sighs> What do we say? Okay, so thank you for listening. Yeah, please tell a friend. Yep. Um, listen, even if they don't like wine, our favorite fans don't like wine. I think that's true, and I think also if you think you don't know anything about wine, guess what? Nobody does. We don't know anything about wine. Just listen and discover with us. Tell your um, friends. Send us your romantic queries. Oh, we still haven't do. gotten any real ones in. Yeah, that's insane. I, you guys are bad. Um, and also. If you've got a couple bucks and you want to come to the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Discorgeous. Correct. You should do it. Um, we're Discorgeous Pod on Twitter. Yep. And we are, what are I, we on Instagram? Um, Discorgeous Pod. Discorgeous Pod on Instagram. And also we we're are Discorgeouspodcom. Pod.com. Yep. Uh, Discorgeous Pod at gmail.com. Yep. That's us. And yeah. like, honestly, um, I'm a guy who gives a lot of money to podcasts. I think it's a cool thing to do. I like to support podcasts. Think about it. No fucking pressure. I mean, we're having the most fun in the world. You know, we started this podcast. We were both a little down. Mm -hmm. It was a tough Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, Here we are now. We're drunk. We're drinking rum and Chardonnay. And we're living our best lives. Living our best lives. And we are 30, flirty, and thriving. Hell yes. You got to live, laugh, love. Blame it on my roots. Blame I showed up in boots rain. and ruined your black tie affair. Whoa. It's like Toby Keith or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Every once in a while, this house gets real Texan. And we listen yeah. to like, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Yeah. It's a fucking thing like a hoochie coochie. My wife's from North Carolina, so we get some country days tea. It's a, you know what? Honestly, country music's really good, except for that they're all racists. Have I gone on the record on the pod about how much I like the song Strawberry Wine? No, let's. Do you like it? Do you want to sing it? Everyone, listen to that song. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. Strawberry wine makes me feel so good. <laughs> All right. We did a podcast? We did a podcast. We love right. you guys. Thank See you guys in Margaritaville. Thank God. Uh... Later, Gators. Discorgeous.